This episode of the only podcast about movies was recorded a little differently. Due to being on the road, we had to record with much different recording equipment. So if you hear any slight echoes, pops, whizzes, bangs, or the sweet, sweet sound of a Seattle coffee bean grinder, please pay no mind. And with that, enjoy the show. Working on a night moves. Trying to make some front page driving news. Working on a night moves. What is up, Internet? I see no evidence of some spiritual choreographer at work. My name is Matthew Kroll, and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the full motion video game? Late Shift. That is right. It is PAX weekend. I am now Shahirless this week. Uh, I love you, buddy, wherever you are on the East Coast, but I have uh, I have conscripted the show all the way from Seattle. I'm here with extra credits and uh, at, at the PAX gaming convention, and we thought it would be kind of an interesting thing to, to take a deep dive into a different style of cinematic, in quotes, you can't see the air quotes, but it's happening, cinematic experience. Uh, and this, there's this game that came out, we'll get into a little bit, called Late Shift, which is basically like a choose-your-own-adventure movie. So I've conscripted two of my fellow Extra Credits compatriots, uh, friend of the show who's been on here multiple times, Mr. James Port. Now, how are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me back. Yes, thank you for being here. And Joseph Maslov, what up? That's such a treat to hear you do this in person. <laughs> yes, this is this. Uh, Joe has been doing our art for both extra politics and extra mythology. Has been killing it, and uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you decided to join us on this choose your own adventure. I'm glad I could be on the FMV episode. That is yes, this is exciting. So so here's the deal. Um, this for for lack of a better uh, explanation, this is a game I believe came out in 2016. I think that's correct. Yeah, and it is a full motion video game, but it has what I would consider the production value of like a real like a, a real film. Well, it's really interesting because there's actually a whole bunch of games that have come out recently that are doing this because finally we're at the point where FMV doesn't have to be that cheesy, low-res, night trap uh, extravaganza that it used to be. Yeah. Um, late shift, bunker. Um, uh, contradiction. Yeah, contradiction. There's a whole bunch of these sort of things. Um, and so it's, it's interesting seeing people take two different media and realizing they're not actually that different. Yeah. So this actually, uh, we, we, we went over a bunch of different full motion video games. We were trying to choose which one to do. And this one to me looked the most cinematic, the production value behind the cinematography and, and sort of, I, I won't, I don't know, won't say the necessary that the story is, um, uh, up to par with like a, a, a release of a film today. Although some, there's some garbage out there. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, it felt the it looked the most cinematic. It looked the most like a film. So we have just basically uh, finished our watch slash playthrough where we rotated through choices, and we got uh, in this in this experience you get one of seven endings. And we're gonna get into sort of like the effect that this sort of story had on us in a little bit, and it will also get into the effect of how this type of storytelling could either evolve or does it work? Does it not work? Will it always not work? What are its bonuses, failings, etc.? Um, but if, if you have any thoughts, dear listeners, about any of this or about any of our cinematic um, um, toils that we tend to talk about on this show, you can email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at onlymoviepod or you can, um, I think, no, that's it. That's it. 
because we don't check the face. No, we check the Facebook. You can also get us on Facebook. Um, housekeeping out of the way. Gentlemen, let's do, let's do, before we get into the, the overarching full motion video game as opposed to a film conversation, let's go around the room and give our first impressions of this. I think because it's a little bit different than a film, we'll do our first impressions of how it functions as a visual narrative. Like how, how, how did the narrative affect you? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What were the pros and cons? James, you want to start us off? Uh, sure. So to me, this was, as you said, a visual choose your own adventure. So one of the disappointments to me is that they didn't utilize all the possibilities of interactivity, right? right? It was just, you make a choice, it goes to a different scene. Um, I, thought that it added some emotional engagement to actually have to make these choices, forced you to actually consider what was going on in the scene, which I thought was positive. Um, there were some moments of disjunct. Uh, there was a hilarious fight scene, which I'm sure we will talk we to. We will talk about the fight scene, um, no question. Uh, and so I also felt like that, plus uh, some of... It forced me to continually ask myself what I wasn't seeing, which on the one hand is interesting because it makes forces me to consider the rest of the story, but on the other hand is negative because it makes me aware of the artifice, right? right. So you're aware that you're watching a movie um, in a way that you're not supposed to be in watching a traditional movie. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Um, it, it, it's weird because um, there isn't that, in terms of narrative storytelling, like what are the key differences between like something like this or a Telltale game other than one is animated and one is not, right? So... I, I wonder how much, uh, like, how much of this is the fact that it is FMV, the fact that it's full motion video, or the fact that it is just branching storytelling in video games, right? Yeah. In narrative, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, did you let me let me ask you this? Did you overall, did you enjoy the experience? And either answer to that, why? You know, I I did, but I I was expecting something way more campier. And I got, like I said before, something like I would catch on stars late night with my dad, right? right? And not that that's a bad thing. It's it's fun and ridiculous and goofy. And when you have those moments that you have in film, which is, you know, like, oh, get out the room, you can get out the room, right? right? right. And then, you know, obviously you don't have every choice to make, but they're for, to me, they're like engaged, just engaging enough. Like the whole time, even though we were laughing at it or getting engaged with it we were engaged yeah. right there was oh that was ridiculous i can't believe that happened there were the fight scene that we'll talk yeah, about we'll, in a we'll, second like but <laughs> it, it, yeah i had it was fun that was yeah. great like uh, for me i thought the the thing that was really interesting to me is i i would put this as a metacritic 40 to 50 film okay um but and if i had watched it straight through i would be underwhelmed right like sure. it's not something i would normally spend my time on Having to have made the choices for all my criticisms of the, it being just a choose your own adventure and all that, I actually think I liked it better than if I had just watched this as a movie. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think for me, the the exercise of going through a film that actually is a choose your own adventure is already in my own brain feels like something we should not do. <laughs> and and there there are there's sort of faults in in the way the narrative sort of breaks up and 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 we did it actually in a very enjoyable way where it was a group of us where you know normally when you watch a, a film with your friends you 
a film of this sort of camp level, right? Right. Uh, which, although we could debate what type of camp or if this is even camp, but like a, a silly film you watch with your friends. You tend to mystery science theater it. You tend to, you know, make snarky comments, etc. We just did the natural evolution of it and rotated around and sort of, even though it was someone's turn to make a choice, we'd yell what choice we'd want. So there is precedent for this kind of experience, but I, I was shocked how much it didn't take me out of what was going on. But I do think, and I don't know if this was by design or if it was a happy accident, I do think that the quality, like you said, Joe, of like it being sort of like a late night stars thing you watch with your dad when you're flipping to the channels when you're visiting home, I think that actually, in a weird way, that level helps the points when the film breaks away and like stops for a slight moment to give you a choice. Absolutely. Because... If it was gr if it was the most gripping right. thing in the world, it would just be retching you out of the experience. If it wasn't gripping enough, you wouldn't give a shit about any choice that was going on. So it balanced that knife's edge way better than I thought it would. Another thing, um, I'll sort of do a little bit of a pros and cons from a cinematic standpoint. The 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 cinematography is absolutely kind of gorgeous in its simplicity they're not doing like crazy tricks they're not they're, it, this is not mad max fury road this is not like uh something where i'd be like you you wouldn't you could teach a very like here's how to here's how to shoot scenes 101 by this film yeah there's nice like the colors are sort of balanced again there's nothing is out of place to pull it to to really like make your eye be like uh, you know, tear it away from what is going on, but at the same time, there's no tricks of, of visual styling that's drawing your eye line to a certain thing. It's just like, this is competently shot and uh, le that lets you get through this semi-generic, um, almost like heist-gone-wrong tale. Um, and actually, at this point, th because this is a full-motion video game and basically like a movie with seven different endings you can get to, uh, IMDb does have... A description, and I love oh. I love IMDb descriptions in general. So here we go. Matt, not me, the main character in the film, a smart student, great, has to prove his innocence after being forced to take part in a bold heist at a famous London auction house. The consequences take him on a journey across London to escape the twisted web he finds himself caught in, discover the truth, and gain his retribution. And then it says, how will the audience decide to act when everything is turning against him? Well, and I love the fact that we didn't actually get most of that. Oh, no. Like... That was not the movie that we saw. No. Um, Describe the film we saw, James. What like the, our playthrough, our watch through? I don't know what to call this. I guess playthrough. Playthrough. Yeah. yeah. What, how how would you describe the film? And let's yeah, let's try to do that. Let's each do this. What's the description? That was IMDb. Based on our choices, what was the film we saw? A bumbling mathematician cowardly becomes a jerk, steals some stuff, gets. Uh, gets used by a bunch of people, goes on a mini rampage, um, visits an old man, threatens him with a golf club, and then goes home to take a nap. Yep, Joe, what about you? Um, uh, a parking garage attendant gets pulled into a heist and goes home and take a nap. And I, I'm just going to, I'm looking at the wrong mic. I'm talking at the wrong mic. Uh, I will say that it is, it is, it is uh, Joseph... Is it Joe Sourbutts? What's his name? Joe. I think it was Joe Is it Sourbutts. Joe, Joe Sourbutts is the actor who plays Matt. Uh, I will just call it Joe Sourbutts' Excellent Adventure. Because <laughs> yeah. it it's so... 
Yeah, the, the description was not the description that we got. the The film itself, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to it. I think I will refer to it as a film. I mean, there's enough yeah. here. It's just a different way. And Shahir will will fight me on this. We will have fisticuffs when I return so, home. So we've long had this problem, which I think is a useless problem, of people trying to define game yeah. with games. Um, I feel like I'm very curious to see what you two's uh, possibly as um, existentially useless discussion, but interesting <laughs> that's, discussion. That's our bread and butter, James. We just <laughs> do existentially useless discussion. <laughs> um, but like... Now that becomes a question of like, is this a film? Um, if so, wh- how does that definition help us, right? Yeah. How does it help us make film in the future? Um, but so anyway, you were saying you're going to call it a film. Shahir's not going to call it a film. Yes. Why are you going to call it a film? I'm going to call it a film because it not only was what was presented to me so minimally a game. Like it just literally gave us choices. It's the it's for instance, you a choose your own adventure book is still a book. Yeah. Uh so it's this is a choose your own adventure film. It's still a film. Like sure. you could and and we there were moments uh, sorry, as a mechanic in this game, you could normally get two choices. Sometimes there was do nothing as a third option. Uh that only happened once or twice. But the thing that I found interesting is there's a timer that goes down. And I don't know if the game randomly just selects a path for you or if there's always a predetermined path. We didn't play through it multiple times. Um, But you could, like you could just hit the play button and watch it. And it's not going to stop. Like nothing, nothing is putting on the brakes for you. Uh, So on that sort of thing, uh, in conjunction with what I said before, I do think it's a film because you can just experience it like that if you wanted to. It's not even like the video doesn't like pause or anything no. while you're doing it. There's still characters like moving and looking around. And sometimes it felt a little fast because I do feel like if they did the Mass Effect thing where they're just sort of like standing and like wiggling, waiting for you to make a decision, if in, in actual film or digital film, uh, it would look weird and hokey. Um, God, that'd be so good though. <laughs> yeah, it would. Well, and then sort of speaking of weird and hokey, I the did, fight scene. Well, yeah, no, no. Other than no, but here's no. <laughs> I'll even do great. this. I'll even do this. I don't think there was anything in this that was weird or hokey. I th- I think his use of mathematics was okay. Talk about that. Yeah, Let's that talk was, about that. So there's some scripting well, issues that we did deal with. James, describe his use of mathematics. Describe how we even how we're gleaned it even in the beginning. I feel like I've been talking a bunch. Do you want to take this one? Well. I mean, he he's basically introduced as what is a first year college student getting into a, a, a game theory. Yes, and it's he's it's, reading a game theory book. Right, he's re- he's reading a game theory book, which tells you he's a student and that he is passionate about this thing and may or may not be first year. He's excited about this, but it like it defines his character sometimes. Like I I was constantly I was kind of hoping that you know oh, oh he tries to uh, gamify these portions and and they're like the first. Almost the first um, uh, armed conflict he gets yes. in, he does the math in his head of, oh, like, there's a twenty, there's a ninety percent chance this guy could shoot me, but his arm is injured, so that lowers it to seventy. But maybe if I run this way, blah, and he does the numbers, the fake bullshit math. Any other, any other film with a higher budget, you'd have like, a, a, like the, the, the equations popping up sure, on screen, sure, sure. and um, but he, that happens like. I feel like halfway through the film, they just kind of drop that. They I ex- did. I expected that to culminate in a way that was like deliciously campy and ridiculous at the end and it it just stops halfway through we just completely forget that aspect of his character but so what's interesting is 
there is a scene later on where they use Prisoner's Dilemma, um, right. which is the most 101 game theory thing you can right, possibly right, right, use. Right. Um, and I watched some of the alternate endings that we didn't get. And in one of the endings, uh, he they walk away and the final sequence is him as one of the characters asking him the odds that they'll live and like uh and but rather than calculate the odds he finally he ends the movie with something like the odds don't matter it's like fuck the math i say the thing or whatever he, right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i say it's a hundred percent yeah um and so i feel like there was in at least one of the endings that right. can't be returned which is interesting right because i'm sure that some of you who are listening to this will experience a totally different film than the one we're talking about and be like wait a minute what are they even speaking about with half this stuff? Yeah, it's 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 a. I don't even know how to sort of. I don't even know how to like get into sort of the bits and pieces of it. I guess we're gonna get into a little bit of spoilers right now. Uh, we've already been there. We've been here a little bit, but here's the deal: we don't know if we're spoiling things for you because sure. we don't know what you're going to get to. We told them that he was a parking lot attendant. We did tell him he was a parking lot attendant. You can glean that from the trailer. It's totally, it's totally fine. You will also learn that in the first three seconds of the film. Yes, a hundred percent. But we did spoil the first three seconds of the film. Well, yeah, but that's we tend to do that in general. I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of how it goes. I try to spoil everything. Every every three percent of the film you spoil. No, no, no everything. Oh, just everything. Not even in film. Right. Okay, just just spoil. Spoil something right. else right now. Uh, I it just I walk through fields of crops and they just sort of wilt. Oh, so you're great. literally the embodiment of pestilence. the spoiler. Yes. What are we talking about? Uh, who are we? <laughs> Is this real life? Um, the so so Matt, who is our protagonist, Mister Mister Sourbutts to you. Uh, and I'm sorry, I keep making. I'm not, I don't think I'm making fun of his name. That must have been a a difficult name to have during childhood. But B, kind of cool. After I started saying Sourbutts yeah. a bunch, I was like, yeah. It's got to ring. You're not gonna forget his name. Well, no. It's it's interesting because so many actors take a like nom de stage or whatever, right? Tom Cruise. Right. Yeah. Um. Mr. Sourbutts, I'm guessing that's his original name. Yeah. And I'm guessing he proudly kept Mr. Sourbutts. And let's talk Let's talk a little bit about the acting before we sort of get into that, too. I think he did a really good job for the script he was given. Oh, yeah. I, I actually felt like in gen... Like, there were some of the minor parts that were really weak, but overall, this had better... I'm, I was expecting FMV-level acting. This had a much better level of acting than I was actually expecting going yeah. in. Uh, and I was trying to think, so then also, let me look up, uh, the other sort of, uh, cast members here. The, uh, the main female character, Mei Ling, is Haruka Ab, I believe is how, uh, how I would say it. I'm probably butchering it, but she did well. She, there was a moment, there's a moment in the film where, uh, he gets sort of tangled up, Matt gets tangled up into this thing, and then he has to go on a mission with Mei Ling at an auction house. And that was probably my number one moment where I felt the most tension. And what happens in this in this experience is you sit down and there the the plot is he's gotten conscripted after a guy makes him drive a car. Yeah. I didn't fully understand even why they ever needed that this, car. Yeah, here's the deal. So he's Matt's a parking lot attendant. Let's back up a little bit. And then Matt gets uh, conscripted to drive a criminal who came out of a ceiling grate for no reason, who had broken his arm. He hold, The criminal holds a gun to him and says, you need to drive me out of here. They drive to the secret hideout, 
We tried to escape at that point after he did a bunch of stupid math <laughs> and he just didn't do it. And he like tried to calculate the possibilities of like, climbing over a wall before getting shot. And the guy literally just like grabs him by his belt and yeah. pulls him down. That shot is so wonderfully awkward in, in a way that in the way that I, it feels so real. Like if a guy tried to leap over a wall sure. from a man at gunpoint, he would do it as awkward as it was in that film. They did not try at all to make it look cool. So good. There was no, there was no, uh, I don't think there was any, I don't want to, I don't want to disparage anybody. There wasn't any real chore choreography when it came to the, 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 the fast action right. or the, the combat. The fight scene. We're going to get to the fight scene. <laughs> you, you're chomping You're really want to talk about oh, the no, fight scene. Oh no, I actually scene. want to never talk about the fight scene. Uh, I just want to bring it up right. all the time. No. So, the... <laughs> they get to they do this heist because the driver is injured and we actually at that point talked our way into getting 50% of the injured person's cut mm -hmm. which I think really got May and the rest of the team to like us because we had gumption uh, and then uh, we go to this this crime thing where basically they have to steal the world's most boring teacup is the whole the whole oh. thing it, that it, Joe talk about that real quick? God, my, so my, I grew up. Uh, 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 my mom's a photographer, right? Okay. So my mom, whenever, every time my mom and I watch a film, all we do uh, can I curse on here? Oh I yes, we encourage all, it. All we do is bitch about props. Sure. Uh, when when uh, this 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 thing is supposed to be like a Ming Dynasty cup vase and it looks like a thing you would buy at Daiso. It looks yeah. like a thing you'd get at a corner store, yeah. right? And, uh, for fifty cents. It and, literally looks like. The teacups you get in a Chinese restaurant. It's yeah. the it was the most abysmal thing I've ever seen. It bothered me the whole goddamn. Movie. And it's very strange because the rest of the film. This is this is something. This is a, a interesting point about filmmaking in general. And I'm sure it doubles when you have something more complex uh, as far as a uh, distribution and narrative way that this uh, full motion video game is doing. I don't feel like the teams. Who that were sort of building this together were really building this together. You probably had this like cinematography was probably where they dumped most of their money, mm -hmm. and then props just probably had to do whatever props could do. Oh yeah. Now, granted, I I still think like James, even half of the cups in your house <laughs> look more impressive than this tea, or even more. I wouldn't even say impressive, more believable to be a Ming Dynasty ten million dollar teacup. So. I was actually wondering, because we did look up some Ming Dynasty teacups and they were much more fancy, but I was wondering, because this is such a major plot point and yet such a weak prop, I was wondering if somebody actually looked up one and found one that happened to have looked like that and was like, no, no, for realism, we're going to go with this thing, right? Yeah. And convinced everybody else to go with that because I just can't see a team using that prop unless someone had a reason to use that specific prop. Yeah, and, and I, I couldn't find anything uh, in my very quick Googling after the film, uh, so maybe there's a reason, but it, it it's a for, a, for something that visually at least is yeah. very competent, that was a moment every time I saw it and people are dying over this thing, like bad stuff's happening around this teacup. Uh, and people are bidding on it at the auction we're going to talk about in a second for up to upwards of $10 million. I was like, yeah, no, no. Like you and and it wouldn't have been so obvious or or derailing if it if the rest of the film full motion game looked like that. Like it's the one piece outside of the uh, guy who kidnaps him. He looks like he started. Uh, he shopped at like Thugs R Us, yeah. like the starter set. The very clean beanie cap that's black and the very clean. Like it just looks like straight off the rack, like uh, henchman wear. 
Um, but other than those two moments, everything else is is very polished looking, and it was just there was a that was the major blemish was this teacup. Well, it's a MacGuffin. Like, yeah, it's it's the crux of the entire film, and you got it for two dollars. Like I don't understand because you're right, the whole film looks so so good. Yeah, and if and if it all had that same level of camp, who cares? Yeah, but it doesn't, and it sticks out so much. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, but and that's why I feel like there has to be a yeah, reason because, like, otherwise somebody on set is gonna point out, like, hey, guys. hey, give me twenty minutes and twenty bucks, and I'll go down to like the nearest place. <laughs> there has to be I'll a reason. Coffee, I'll chip it. I'll do yeah. something. Right. Like we could, oh, please, <laughs> oh. a handmade one at the garage sale. <laughs> pottery barn. Here yeah, pottery go. barn. Thank you. Uh, okay, so the auction. Okay. This is something that actually worked very well for me and. It's kind of the perfect moment to test out whether or not the, this conceit of interactivity of a film will work. Mm -hmm. You sit down, uh, Matt, and, and I, I keep saying you, because I feel like Matt is the main character. If this was a game, we right. would be playing Matt. We're right. making Matt's decisions. Well, you only make Matt's decisions. Right. So I would say that it's fair to say yeah. you. So you sit down, uh, and, and also it's my name, so it works out fine. <laughs> uh, so many levels. Uh, with mailing, and you start bidding on this teacup. Now, the conceit is you're going to steal the teacup later, but and but you only had to get it like up a certain amount to make it worth money to steal or, or something along the lines. And mailing basically goes off the reservation and just starts bidding like a mad woman. So yeah, I think the conceit is that your group of thieves is getting 25% of whatever it ends up getting bought at auction for. Go. So that's why she's going. And I also think they keep referring to it in the film as a rice bowl, but it is the world's smallest rice bowl yeah. if it was a rice bowl. But yeah. anyway. So sorry. So there's multiple spots in this um, in this sequence that you can either let egg her on or you can leave her alone or you can stop her. And when as we were leaving her alone the first couple of times or, or sort of letting her do what she wanted to do, that was the first time in this film, not when a gun was put to Matt's head right. and not when, um, you know, you're, you're making the deals to do this job. But the first time where I was like in like legitimately invested and like where I was like, oh, there's there's a tension here. Things can happen here. And we eventually decided I forget whose turn it was to stop it. But after two or three times and getting the rice bowl up to ten point five million dollars, um, basically, uh uh stopping her and like so we pushed it as far as i was comfortable going and there's something very interesting in that experience because again you get that moment in different films but a lot of times too uh side note we were giving the music a lot of shit in this in this oh. thing but i think the more i'm talking about it the more that's a, a monetary choice but b the music in the scenes there was often very minimal or no music mm -hmm. and I feel like in a regular film, our, the music or the score would be under that scene, cueing your brain as to when there's going to be tension, tension, right. tension, 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 relief. Here, we just got to choose it. Well, and I think it's really interesting because you set it up as a contrast to when you have a gun pointed at you. And I feel like that's an interesting video game movie moment where when there's a gun pointed at you, some part of your brain knows, well, they're not going to end the movie here. So that choice mm -hmm. doesn't really have big impact. But this, what seemingly smaller choice, feels like it could have real consequences. You could actually do this wrong. You could blow this auction and your brain doesn't think, well, that's going to end the movie. So 
whatever, I, whatever choice I make, it's going to be fine, yeah. right? And so I actually like the fact that by having slightly lower stakes, you get to have real stakes. Um, and I felt that to be true across the entire thing that when they took the stakes to being life or death, all of a sudden those choices were way less impactful than a lot of the other choices. Yeah. Uh, I think too, so so as we leave the sort of auction, what what got me was, so they got the, they got the price up real high. And then there's sort of like the sloppy seat for, and I feel like let's let's put a break on it real quick. I feel like I'm heaping a lot of praise on this. There are there are silly and bad things about it, but this is also something that I feel like kind of knows exactly what its lane is. Well, and I feel like there's a lot to think about and to learn if you're just interested in the idea of cinema or or games or that crossover, uh, and it's. I think the reason that we're heaping praise on it is because it's better done than it had to be, right? In some ways, it's like the early Marvel films where everybody walked into those Marvel films expecting what used to be superhero films, which were just total schlock. Yep. And instead, they got a decent film. This is not great by any means, but it's much better than it had to be. I would like to just point out for the audience, and particularly Shahir Dowd, who is not here, that I was not the first person to bring up Marvel in this podcast. And I want to point out for Shahir Dowd, that was actually all seated. Matt told me to say that beforehand. I would like to point out that that is a complete lie. Shahir, believe me. All right, well, you... you I, I'm actually lying. You be the judge. <laughs> um, yes, now you be the judge. Yeah. Because it's interactive. Yep, yeah. Oh, oh. The choice is yours. How could we not do... I'm going to have to think about that. How do we, if you, if you clap, oh, okay, listeners, here we go. If you clap your hands after I count down from five, it was James doing it all along. If you don't clap your hands, it was me telling James to do it. Five, four, three, two, one. No. Joe. <laughs> yeah. Now they'll never know. You're in the narrative, so they can't know for... We have to move on now, Joe. I'm option C. I, I feel like we could even edit that out in post. <laughs> you don't know what's been edited out in post. Right. So we can we can just have had that whole moment, and they will have heard us talking about editing it out in post, and this is going to be the most meta podcast about movies. You, you won't should just even call know. it the most meta podcast the most, about the, movies. The only meta podcast about movies. Right. About full motion video games. Okay, so, so you're changing the podcast to being just about full motion video games from now on. Uh, no, God, okay, that would be... It. You heard it here first, folks. That would be terrible. That would be incredible. Well, okay. Because you would have splintering episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you know, like certain characters die off, and then you're like, oh, I really miss Matt. And then you're like, oh, let me go three episodes back. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save Matt. Oh, I really miss Joe. Just splintering oh, decisions you have to make at the end. I wonder, you know what? Let, we should look that up after this. Are there any Choose Your Own Adventure podcasts? That has to exist. I mean, there's uh, actually well, an audio Kickstarter. I don't know if you heard it. Was, oh, was it the thief and the... Oh, uh, for uh, the visually impaired, if you haven't checked that oh, out. Oh, interesting, because I know of a lot of audio-only games for the visually impaired that are very interesting, that are kind of like Choose Your Own Adventures, but they don't... I've never seen a podcast bill itself as yeah, such. Yeah, podcasts have it. But you know what you can actually do? Uh, so, you know, we're just talking about sort of interactive media in this way. Uh, Amazon, the Echo, has a bunch of apps that play as interactive Choose Your Own Adventure stories, which is, again, sort of similar to what we're discussing. There's a Batman one, gotcha. like, the, and uh, I've I've played them for a couple minutes. They're fun. I don't know how long I would actually do it, but it's basically 
a interactive novel much in the way we just watched an interactive film but it's read to you over you know whatever home controlling spy device you put in your house yeah the best uh alexa batman one for anyone listening is the one where you play as the junkie thug who kills batman's parents and you get to just make the choices along the way it's amazing you should oh, totally play it that sounds good what? that's not real <laughs> am i lying or uh, not okay uh, back to late shift all right, back to back to Joe Sourbutts, aka my moniker Matt, aka Captain of Sweaters. What did you? What was the other the alternate title to this? It was Seven, eight sweaters deep. Eight sweaters deep because he wears eight. He wears a lot of different sweaters. sweaters. Um, <laughs> maybe there's choices involved in Is that. Is there a scene where he doesn't take off or put on a sweater? He puts on a like a, by the, the end, fight scene. I think you're, yeah, the scene. fight scene. He does not remove or add a sweater. Um. So you eventually go downstairs. There's a muddled sort of fight. You have to choose whether or not to basically choke out a bellhop to get the to get the the rice bowl or the teacup or whatever. We chose to choke out the press F to choke out bellhop. Press F to choke. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> option wasn't to choke him out. No, so it was to stop him. The option was open the elevator and stop the guy or let him go. It's so actually your buddy who chokes. Who does him out. it? Yeah. So you're... let's talk about that real quick. There was a couple moments. That's a good. That's a good segue. There was a couple moments in this. Where and this is a this is a fault of of choice based video games in general, um, when it takes a complex action or or um, concept and boils it down to a few words or a sentence. We chose in that scenario to stop him go up and going up the elevator, and that led to our buddy choking him out with a tie and basically killing him. That's not when it happened. That's not what any of us wanted yeah. to do. We just wanted to stop him, but we didn't know the context that the story would take. I would say that in games, a lot of games, and and this uh, full motion video film in general, that is a fault. That's a strike against it because it feels like the thing that it's giving us is sort of a bit taken away because we it's not clear as to what we're choosing. There were two or three moments in that where we're like, wait, no, we didn't... Okay, well... So from a design perspective, I think that uh, it's just not utilized well because it's actually really interesting, right? In life, all the time, we do actions that don't have the consequences we expect. Sure. Um, in this case, opening the door, like holding the door so the guys couldn't go up the elevator is something when, when the guy says, stop this, stop the elevator, and you do it, you don't expect him to choke him, choke him out. Yeah. The problem is there's not a follow-up moment really where we get to decide, oh, okay, I really wasn't cool with that. Like, now my future actions are going to change because I've seen the consequences of that previous action. Yeah. It's, there's ways, like you just said, I think, to make it work. This just didn't do those things. It, it, it knocked us, it knocked us, it felt like as a group back uh, for a loop every time right. it sort of happened. Um, so moving forward down this weird branching path, we end up uh, checking it. Is this after? No, no, we get in the getaway van. Yes. We have the key code. Right. Oh, yeah. Which was so it's very, if you're a video game person, this is a very weird moment because yes. you go up to a door and it says, here's the key code. And it literally gives you the number. And it says, we're going to have to push these in at exactly the same time. Here's the number, right? And it repeats. It gives you the number. Um, it spells it out. And you go up to the keypad and it shows your person about to touch the keypad. And in your brain, you're thinking, oh, I got I to gotta memorize these numbers. You got to memorize first, the numbers. Because you, you've played video games before. And you yeah. know that, uh, okay, I've been... I've been Pavloved, yeah, yeah, yeah. conditioned yeah. into the bell has been rung and the food better come because I am salivating. And then the, the choice is, the choice is, the choice is, do you put in the right code or put in the wrong code? 
That's literally the binary option you get. Yeah. And then when you, we chose to put in the right code, then there was a second option before because you had to push the button after the code at the, at the right time. Yeah. And it was like, push it at the right time, push it at the wrong time. Was there? Yeah, I there forgot. was a second. There was a whole little second bit. I forgot about so that. So I'm wondering if that's a branch point. Right, like if that's like in this, because it feels like in this entire thing, there's there's larger choices and smaller choices. Some would just result in different dialogue, and maybe it sort of links together to push you somewhere else. But uh, I wonder if you if you purposely mess that up, if it derails you further, or if you, I guess you always probably end up in the van. Um, I mean, unless there's a whole second half to this that we just never saw. Yeah. Because early on, there's a lot of choices of. Do you help the criminals or do you, because you've sort of been forced into this at gunpoint, or do you try and like stop them or derail their criminal activity? Uh, we did an odd mixture, but for the most part, we were in with the criminals. We're criminals. Um, and so there's potentially a totally different hour and a half of footage that you tried to stop the criminals. Yeah. I don't think so, but that's the only way that I can see to really have that as a big branch point. The something about this that got me sort of thinking of like I think this and this will be uh, we'll get into this more when we start talking about um the uh, you know this concept in general but it did feel a lot like the paths when they branched would always sort of find themselves back into a plot point like it didn't feel like it would feel like playing a tabletop role playing game where like. If you've ever played D&D &D or Pathfinder or, you know, Shadowrun, anything like that, you know that, like, the best laid plans of your GM, uh, of your game master, often are not, uh, they're not brought to fruition. You, your players will always sort of pull you into a different, uh, you know, a different sort of path, and it's up to the person running the game to uh, adapt and make the story enjoyable. Here, it wanted to give us the illusion that it could go anywhere, but it never felt like it could go anywhere. It felt like, especially after the first sort of two moments, um, it felt like there was always points it would go back to. You know, like it felt like there was just, um, you could never get away, like you could never take it fully right, off the rails. Thread, yeah. And it was going down that central thread no matter what. Yes. Yeah. So I think... And then when when it was over, and we realized that there were seven different endings, so many of which were similar to one they, another. They seemed very, seven, quote-unquote, like they were variations on three. Do you live or die? Does Mei Ling live or die? Who gets the rice bowl? That do, seems, you take a nap? do you take a nap? Do you take we a nap? We got the nap ending thanks to James's quick fingers on his turn. I don't know, when... When you're complaining about you can you felt like you couldn't do anything, we went home and took a nap. That was yeah. our ending. That was the that most was that was the most derailing I felt the entire thing <laughs> could I, get. Except the fight. <laughs> do we want to talk about the fight? Uh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We can wait. We're at the end, but we're not at the fight. We're, yeah, yeah. I, we're, Truly we're going back. Yes, yeah. exactly. You can choose your own adventure. You can fast forward or rewind to any point in this. It'll make just as much sense. I do suggest right now, at least, and I hope the sale is continuing. I, we we purchased this. $7. We purchased this game slash movie for seven dollars. Play for play with friends. It's, and it's th so good. This is something that would be fun to do with a group of people. I don't know if I could wholeheartedly um, recommend it to do by yourself. I don't think I would have enjoyed it right. as much. Um, but I do think it's worth it. And I and I hope that by the time if this if this is interesting you in the least at the sort of midpoint of this podcast. Maybe even pause us for a second and go and experience this for yourself if you have a spare $7. Because it's worth an afternoon just hanging out with, with your friends or your partner or whoever and just sort of going through it and seeing if this type of narrative 
is something that would appeal to you. And I think it would appeal to this this particular one, because as we said, there's a ton of bad full motion video games. Uh, this particular one feels like a good gateway drug to see if you actually, oh, if you if you want to go deep into the real bad stuff. Well, and I feel like uh, I'm just going to plug after this one, if you really like these sort of things, Contradiction is one that's more of a detective story ah, yeah. where it has a little bit more game mechanics. And so it's an interesting follow-up to this because how the story proceeds is by you actually having to sort of figure out where people are lying and that sort of thing and choose a group of evidence to prove that they're lying in each case. And so it takes it a little bit further into the game realm. And I'm actually not sure if one is better, one is worse, or if they're just different things, right? Yeah. And appropriate for different stories. There's also a game that I have not played, Joe, maybe you or Ooh, Joe and James, yes. that you have both played Her Story. Mm. Yeah. Um, which, uh, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Because that is something that I feel like is... is works in the same ways as this but also might do things better in certain scenarios so my my uh, I, I feel like the 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 leap from the you know using uh, uh, uh what was the title of this one again this was late shift late shift eight sweaters nine. deep eight, i mean sorry eight sweaters deep um so uh, talking about this being a gateway drug to contradiction which is which leans a little bit more into the mechanical realm right yeah. like it's fmv it has a flow to it um her story I think is 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 wonderful because when you think FMV games, if you're an FMV connoisseur, right. they basically go for the most part from start to finish. You are playing right. a movie. Do you want to do A, B, maybe sometimes C if they have a little extra budget, a little wiggle room? But um, her story is incredible. In in it's been the most interesting FMV game that I have yet to play because I think so. the format is is so open ended. Basically, the the uh, uh, the conceit is that you uh, have access to like a 1998 Windows analog uh, computer yeah. that this database that just has hundreds of like small video files ranging from three seconds to two minutes, and they're nothing but interviews with this uh, one woman who is accused of a crime. Sure, and uh, you are able to type things into this database, anything you want, and all the videos have tags. So you solve the mystery, you gain, you learn about this person, you learn about the narrative, you go through these interviews of just this woman staring into a camera, presumably talking to an interviewer, and you work your way through that and and learn through the world, through discovery, and you guide the experience more than A to B. Well, and right. the very cool thing hmm. is it also forces you to think a lot about the narrative itself because you have to figure out, you have to discover these keywords, you have to discover these tags, and so you watch the same video clip over and over again, and you think about the little pieces that are being revealed, which works perfectly for a mystery, um, and you do really have to unravel the mystery yourself to get to see all of the... Um, all of the video clips. So it's a very cool experience. So there's there's multiple there's multiple types of these styles of games. There's kind of what I wanted to get to um you know, I, I this a lot of these conversations we're having, we are ourselves topically jumping back and forth much like this game possibly could. But there's a lot of different flavors of full motion video and while the video games. And while there are it seems like a couple bright spots. Her story. Uh, what was it? This, uh, the um, one you just said. Cloud chamber. Cla uh, cloud chamber. Contradiction. Contradiction. Contradiction is very hammy. It's, Contradiction but is good. Right. It's like yeah. a good hammy. Right. And I would put this one in the the category of a worthwhile endeavor and a good one yeah. as well. Um, 
so so the, the this this idea of interactive film or interactive video you know entertainment uh has been tried a bunch of different ways and i think i i don't know if we've found the the optimal yet they each seem to do their own thing well and not well and i mean that's kind of that's like saying what's the optimum video game right like there is no optimum video game it it's, depends I mean, what you feel like it's yakuza zero that's right. oh yakuza that's zero is the, sure i mean that's optimum media period sure I, yeah yeah no i i think uh yakuza zero is better than infinity war please continue um I'm going to go with Apotheosis of Mankind. That's, I'm going to go with, I don't know about that, sir. Those are fighting words in this Marvel household. Well, this isn't my household. I'm in James's household, so maybe I don't know how much clout. It's a great segue (laughs) into the fight scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So a bunch of... The fight scene in Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. So So why, so why, why don't they just take the glove or at least use the time stone to reverse it to the point where they don't monologue at the villain? When did Sherlock get superpowers? Uh, I can answer both of these questions. I'll do it very quickly. They can't rewind because Doctor Strange knows this is only one way to beat him and he has to let things play out. He says that when he looks at all four million and point three or whatever fucking timelines. And also, why, when did Sherlock get magical powers? He's been slowly getting more magical powers over the course of these 18 films beforehand and now he's just literally a tech wizard. That's absolutely it. He has nano machines and like... All, at least they didn't do the thing they do in the comics with Iron Man where he, the, the suit is literally stored in the quote hollows of his bones <laughs> I, only, I only now realized that there there's are multiple Sherlock played Sherlock I meant uh b- bended, bended oh bended Cumberbatch yeah well uh, well they He's, both played they're both wizards right. well they, they both, both played Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes they both played Sherlock Holmes yeah well I'm right. sorry you win. I'm I answered so that's okay so we're gonna fast so forward when did Thanos play Sherlock Holmes Thanos Josh Brolin oh the eight the eight no, no Josh, not Josh Brolin Thanos Thanos I mean technically he could do it whenever he wants or never because exactly. he can do whatever he wants oh he is yeah he's right always now. he is currently All right. back to the thing at hand so, to get to the fight scene that we've been hyping up so much, we're going to talk about a couple different things that don't work before it. Because I think between, honestly, between the getaway car and the fight scene isn't exactly isn't exactly where this thing shines. So, the getaway car gets run off the road seemingly by a random truck and the van falls off a bridge and there's some bad uh, green screen, I think Joe called it out, of like them having conversations in this van. It crashes. Everyone but Matt and Mailing dies. So they take the... But they don't really check. Right. They're no. just... They just, we gotta go. We they gotta move, go. They move two feet away from the flipped over burning van, and then you have to convince Mei Ling to move. You try to bring the, um, MacGuffin. you try to bring the MacGuffin to the people that were supposed to buy it, but then they never heard of it. So it's like another second twist, and you leave there, and then you get captured by uh, the the family that that really wants the the rice bowl, and then you have this sort of um, you know the what was it the, the prisoner's dilemma the, the prisoner's scene. dilemma oh, yeah. scene we have to try to like answer the same as although dad slap in the middle of that word oh out. yeah dad there's slap. some there's some good dad slap the head of this family just slaps the like the enforcer guy and then instantly as if he'd learned it all his life that guy slaps Matt before <laughs> putting like thumb screws on him. So you get tortured for a bit, and we decided to get tortured for much like our um, much like the auction scene. We took it for a while, and they were like, "Let's not push our luck." So we're like, "Oh, we can get it for you," and they release you, and they have you basically like the girl's gonna die if you don't bring us this uh, ninety-nine cent Walmart rice bowl, and they so you leave, 
And so all that stuff happens. It never, that never really felt sort of agency, except maybe, I think, again, I have to give Sour Butts a good uh, review here. He did pain very well. Like, when I was watching him get thumbscrewed, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, and I was like, that's, okay, good job. That was fun acting. And I think it's helpful, to, it's, it's helpful to note that you didn't see his thumbs getting screwed. Yes. They weren't on, on screen. Right. So we're only convinced by, by his Sour Butts' face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I'm convinced most of Sourbutt. Yeah. Sourbutt, how's this feel? Okay, cool. All right. I, I, by the way, uh, Joe Sourbutt, if you are out there, email us, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. What a badass. you got to be such a badass to just... Yeah. Hi, hi I'm Sourbutt. Yeah, I'm the star of this film. He's... I'm, he's... I, he, I'm going to... I want to look up more of his work now. Like, that's... And I'm not, yeah. I'm not being... Pretend, no, no, he was like, good. Yeah. He was good. So... So then we get to the fight scene, and the fight scene feels like something that they shot specifically for the trailer. Like, because it, it has nothing to do nothing with anything. Let me set the scene, dear audience, of this weird-ass occurrence in this film. So you just escape the the, the mafia people that, that want this rice bowl. You've taken about 30 seconds of footage time to be just crying in a corner. Yep, yep. And it didn't actually give you the option to continue crying or get up and <laughs> do was, something. I was hoping, to, I was so hoping that it would just have sure. a little prompt that says keep crying. No no choices. Yeah. Right. And, but there's still a timer. <laughs> <laughs> and it just puts you on loop until you decide to get up and pull yourself together. Oh, that's even better. So, so here's the deal. You walk down this alley and you notice... It looks like at first three men beating up one man, and your character's like, "Oh, I don't have fucking time for this." Oh, this all takes place in London, oh, by it's the way. London. Right. That's why he has eight jackets. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's totally fine. Uh, and then you see behind him a cop car turn on its lights. Then a guy walks up to you, breaks off from the 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 dude. It looks like a gang beating. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's it with you, man? Get out of here. And you have to choose, like, fight or don't fight. And right. we chose fight. And then it gives you one more option to try to get out. Well, by this point, we're just like, no. No, we're right. in. We're fighting. Right. And then Matt just beats the shit out of this gangster guy. And the other guys, like, come over, but, like, don't do anything. He shoves one of them, but now they're all on the guy you're beating upside. So I feel like, did you break up a fight club? Like, what? Right. But they looked at, at the end, they looked like they were dancing to me. Yeah, they were dancing. And then the cops... Just sit there. Just don't do anything. The like, lights are just going on in the background. There's a... At first, there's a... It look, what looks like a gang beating. And then your main character kicks the shit to the point like, where brutal. he beats them to the ground. And then as, you know, the, the, the bad person... Or the, I don't even call him a bad person. The person you're beating up looks up. He Dancer kicks him three. in the face. And I was like, the cop's not going to do anything? Well, Speaking yeah. of Yakuza, this was a Yakuza oh, moment. I expected totally. dollars to find out of that guy. No. <laughs> so, so there's... And it, it, oh God, this is the weird part. It has nothing to do with it. It's totally perfunctory. It kind of derails what you're doing, but I absolutely loved that moment <laughs> due to its ridiculousness. Well, and it's switch in tone, but I loved the keep clicking on the word fight. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, and, and I feel like I feel like the thing we're leaving out is uh, apart from the game, the moment in the room where we said where like one of us yelled fight. And then we did it, and then we had another option. And it was the same option to stop or fight. And then we said, fight! And then we punched him again, and then he just kept going. Yeah. And it's like, all right, yeah, no, that's, yes. Yeah. That's what I wanted. It was, it was, the, yeah, the, the the communal nature of how we handled this, <laughs> I think, was the best way to do it. And then the last sort of bit, 
uh, you know, th then we sort of get into all the multiple endings. You finally go to the old dude's house who, like, was running the auction, who was behind it all along, Scooby. <laughs> it did have a very Scooby-Doo ending. And, and there's lots of different options there. You accost him at the golf club. He pulls a gun on you. If you, like, shoot him, we watched a bad ending where you just get lit up. And, <laughs> um, and we got the ending where uh we we they get the what happens before you go home oh the 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 gangsters come because you find they get the 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 rice the real rice thing delivered side note they did a switch to a fake one at some point which was not clear at all and it's especially funny given how fake the quote-unquote real right. one looks yeah. so when they say the fake one it's like if you're at all confused, dear listener, about what we're talking about, don't worry, we were too. And so they finally get the real one delivered to Old Man Evil's house. Then the gangsters come because you call them, you get money, tra no, that was a different ending. I'm sorry, I'm getting them all mixed up. You give them the bowl thinking that you're going to save Mei Ling. And then uh, they say, oh, wh you say, where's Mei Ling? And they go, we don't know. And they drive away. And then the options are, James... Like, go look for me Ling or go home, take nap. James chose go home, take nap. <laughs> we all in the room. <laughs> so I did not say take nap. No, but it might, well have, it might as well did. have said he, take nap. I, yeah, it said go right home. We all were like, James! <laughs> like, and it was his turn. Like, there's he didn't he didn't move out of turn. But it was the it was the most derailing moment of the thing which kind of makes it very it makes it super interesting for me as an experience and then at the end you go take a nap but then you get texted a, a picture saying like the cops show up right before that and like knock the text out of your hand yeah because then you sort of they 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 basically uh, arrest you and you see on the phone that uh someone sent a picture of Mei Ling and she's dead and the, and the text reads it's done or something to yeah, that. Just yeah. Like right. yeah, yeah, just like you wanted. Right. Yeah, just like you are basically go. framing him. Yeah. Framing you, framing Matt, framing Joe. Sour, Sour butts. Sour butts. I love it. Uh, and that was the ending we got. Yeah. And we're like, we it, it was, and we weren't sure if it was the ending until you know, you, there's a moment when scenes sort of just drag on a little too long. You're like, and credits, and that's what happened. Um, so so with that all in mind, dear listeners, we're going to sort of end this discussion with. Uh, 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 the bigger question of why I was super interested to do a full motion video thing, anyway, ties in well, obviously, with the current goings on of PAX and whatnot, but, <laughs> sour butt, <laughs> do you think that this type of entertainment, how, how can we take this experience that we did admittedly enjoy and make it better? Well, uh, what, I mean, I'm going to be the jerkwad and ask what does better mean better because, means because, oh sorry I'll, I'll, oh, we'll, oh no, no, no go for it better what i'm when i say better because obviously it's all subjective right i mean so watching a film is something that is culturally accepted people know you go if you go to a, well they should know you go to a movie theater you don't check your phone you be quiet you watch a movie for about two hours uh two and a half if they throw 12 trailers in front of it and that's kind of nonsense anyway um I'm not saying everyone does that. The movie-going experience is continually degraded and yada, yada, yada. That's not what we're talking about. The, the, <laughs> but it is now. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is how... It, 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 and this, this there could, the answer could be it can't, right? But how could we make something like this an experience that, it, that would eventually become something that is sort of accepted as a, a, a wider range of people doing it? Like, for instance, would this ever work if you had a, if there was movies that, for instance, the audience, 
uh, it wouldn't be all friends, of course, but like the audience had buttons they could push. Telltale does things like this with their games where you can, um, if you're watching it in a, in a, um, in a giant, you know, room of like a hundred people, you can use your smartphone to link in and vote on the action that should happen. I've, I played the Guardians of the Galaxy game at the release, um, j doing that way. Do you think that that is something that could be brought in to be more mainstream? Should it be, and 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 is it even possible? Wait, that's such an interesting way to ask that. Are you asking how to fit that into a movie theater setting? I'm talking about, or how how do we? And I'm saying the movie theater setting is an option. Right, gotcha. Is there a way? I'm like clue. Kinda. So like, is there a way, or is it even worth it? to try to make this an experience that that would eventually be as normal as watching a film, playing a game, or reading a book. Because this feels weird right now. Like, it, 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 we got into a groove of it, but, like, most people, and, and, and most listeners to this podcast, probably haven't played a full-motion video game uh, when it comes down to it. So, what's uh, Matt, what is your history with FMV games? Because this will help give me sure, 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 a sure, perspective sure. on... I mean, back in the day, I played Night Trap, back, you know, that wonderful piece of media. Um, I played... And these aren't sort of full motion games, but the closest that I got real yeah. deep into is sort of... Um, the Marky Mark video game for Sega CD. Uh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, I have, I never leave home without it. Uh, the, I would say like seventh guest and 11th hour are, uh, are, they're not full motion video games, but they're, they're, they're rendered things with sort of FMV components to them. And even to a lesser extent, but not quite really, you could even argue, eh, no, you really can't. Uh, I was going to say Mist Riven, etc. is a, is a, a, a precursor to this sort of type of thing. That That's where my history went. I haven't played a full motion game other than, well, I guess Telltale's aren't because there's not, there's not right. video in them. But I don't, that's, I think that's the, that's the conversation that I'm most interested in is like, okay, what about the FMV experience is the thing that a lot of people either laugh at or object to or assume that it makes it a like bad experience, right? right? Because I play this and for the most part, this is like, half to like 75% a telltale game that you shot on a camera yeah right and so why is why is the telltale choice you know uh, uh, branching path choice uh, visual narrative experience different than a bunch of actors on the screen where you do the same thing James so uh, I don't think it necessarily has to be I think that this is lacking certain components of the telltale experience that are integral to the telltale experience um, one, which is harder to do with the uh, sort of actors on the screen thing, the little bit of being able to actually move around, Ooh, right? Okay. Um, two, it dropped some of the game-like elements that I think are important. Um, Blank will remember this is actually, I think, very important to Telltale Experience. Describe that what that be. is for people that haven't oh, played a Telltale. So for any of these, you make some choices, right? Uh, and these whole games are about choices. And sometimes uh, when you make a choice in a Telltale game, um, like you're distributing food amongst a group and you choose not to give one of the people food because you don't have enough food for them. It'll say, they'll, whatever their name is, will remember this. And as you're making these choices, it just clues you in on the impact of these choices and the impact on other people. So it makes the people around you seem real and seem like they have a past and a personality and thoughts of their own. Um, and I think that's very integral to the experience. Um, and that could obviously be integrated here very easily. Uh, it just wasn't, and so I feel like that element's also missing. And so I think, for me at least, the 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 
the question of can this be done is absolutely yes and it has been it's just that there is a i feel like there's a culture around fmv that is focused on camp just like you yeah. guys talked about earlier the culture around comic book movies they were bad until they weren't right right just like fmv games they were bad until like culturally i feel like a lot of uh, video game enthusiasts and film enthusiasts just don't know the good ones that exist right, right now because there aren't that many and so as long as we have enough quote-unquote good ones existing then people can learn from those yeah I think, and this is where Late Shift sort of falls. It's not, Late Shift in no way do I think is going to be a, a trans, uh, like a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a, a thing that, a, yeah, like a trendsetter or something that changes the game for full motion video. I think it's the best looking one and maybe it can convince people to spend a little more money on what they're actually shooting. Like, but that's sort of more of a, on a corporate or individual company level. Right. Nothing in this experience is something where I will go to my friends who were not right. in this room and be like, oh my God, you you absolutely need to do this. Like I said before, is it worth $7 to hang out with your friends for an afternoon and watch it? Yes, I would suggest that to people, but it's not something that would come up in conversation right. outside of like, you know, we're, we're around a gaming convention right now. We wanted to do something that tied it with movies and games. This was a thing and now we're here. Um, I, I What I think is needed for the that sort of moment of, of trend setting or, or sort of changing the gamers is sort of twofold. One, it's going to happen where, you know, people that are growing up, you know, now, maybe even children might see, not this particular one, but like full motion, if it does start to pick up, they'll probably sort of start seeing it. Maybe one of them, when they become an adult, will elevate it, much like sort of comic writers and, right. re and, and readers elevated Marvel, right? So uh, it, there's something to be said about sort of just letting time take its course, and maybe that'll do it. The other thing that has to happen, I think, is you kind of... To break in, if you if you want to play this game, if you don't want to play sort of the long game, you want to move it faster, you need to do like a high profile one of these. And you need to make sure not only is the visuals good, but you have good names attached and you have good mechanics or choices or enough choices to be to warrant not just watching it as a film. Um, what was the, the, the series that was both a television show and a video game? Oh, the MMO? Quantum Break? Was it? No, there no. There was one on the Xbox that was both... There's an the, MMO. Uh, I can look it up. Yeah, real quick. there was. I'm trying to think. That's the closest. There was a television show that ran alongside an MMO, and James mm. Cameron was like his company was attached to it, and they were trying to uh, defiance. defiance. I never jumped into that, and and that was it didn't work out. Well. Yeah, because it's not. It, they didn't. They didn't have the sort of magic formula of what was what what interactivity versus passiveness you need right. to make that experience flow back and forth. That was trying to take two mediums and have you bounce a narrative right. back and As forth, as opposed to having one that one that's above. yeah. Gotcha. Um, you, to make full motion video stuff a thing, and I'm personally not convinced it will ever come out of niche fully. Sure. Un unless there's something where there's individual experiences that become so renowned that it becomes... Um, it becomes something like a, for instance, piece of performance art that you would go to a special place to do, a la right. Sleep No More right. in New York City, the, the where you walk through uh, a, a play basically and follow characters around, that sort of thing. This feels like, to me, uh, because you as a, vi a, a viewer have agency, it falls into that. We need something of that sort of artistic merit, where this has, again, great cinematography, uh, good actors, kind of garbage script, generic plot. 
uh, garbage music. <laughs> um, so it's not going to be the thing that makes this move. And I don't know. I, I, you'd have to be a ballsy investor to like really put something behind something like this. So, so I, I think it'll be slow going, if at all. I'm going to argue that I think if this is ever going to break out at all, we're doing it wrong. Um, I think that there have been some really good examples, like we talked with with her story and Cloud Chamber, that are closer, that have more game-like elements to them, um, and I think those are impactful. Uh, but if you're looking for more something even closer to cinema, like this was, if you look at a lot of these games, almost all of them are like heist, crime, mystery things, because the easy go-to for yep. these is is that. I actually think you want to do something slower. I think you want sort of like an indie film, right? Or an indie rock song is what it should feel like. Um, I think you want something emotive, something personal, maybe about a small group of friends. Like if you did a the day before you all leave for college, right? Like high school growing up story in one day where you had those choices. I think that could be more impactful and cross more lines than trying to do another mystery. I'll even go sort of a, a step further. I agree with that. I think smaller, more personal things. Again, we were the most invested in the auction. Yeah. And, and, and let me put, let me change that. We were the most like invested in the non-silliness right. at the auction. Right. The fight scene, we were super invested, <laughs> yeah, but the fight right, scene yeah. didn't Press mean shit. Fight. <laughs> uh, but one one game that I love that, that I feel like might work as a if they made a full motion video thing and, and this is, it might be a stretch but it's Night in the Woods oh. oh sure so Night in the Woods is a mundane tale you play and they're all anthropomorphic animals but that's not really important it's a 2D sort of walking sim almost where you play a, um, a girl who comes back after her sophomore year of college dropping out and going back to her hometown right. and there's so much realism and sort of emotional stakes in small things like your parents forget to pick you up at the bus station and you feel for this thing like so if you were to, if you were to do the type of choices you make in say night in the woods uh in a full motion video game i think it would have a much more emotion behind it than say like a gun in your character's Absolutely. face and i and and i'm so glad you bring that up because beforehand we were talking about the um the moment where we do the key panel right yeah yeah, yeah. i think the th i think exactly what you're describing kind of reveling in the mundane or, or the awkward or the goofy I feel like helps exactly this because just like in real life not everything plays out like a film yeah and when it's interactive for example in that moment like I don't even remember the the, the you, you said it was a second step where you could set the timing or get it wrong mm -hmm. or get, do, do it at the wrong there should be a moment where you get it wrong and you both have this moment of like oh, I, I'm I'm like the suspense should drop for a moment and it should just be goofy because life is goofy right right in in, in these scenarios you should have y yes quiet moments but like real moments real moments like you bump into someone or whatever or like a good mo like if you if your parents left you at the bus stop right would you walk home or would you wait because dad will definitely come and then when he doesn't you feel like garbage yeah right and yeah. he feels like garbage like that's wonderful and i feel like make you're absolutely right I feel like making telling smaller stories is such a good idea those things you just described have far more agency than like a gun in your face or a car chase absolutely. or or you know a torture scene which again the, and, and and i'll sort of get into my final thoughts here and then i'll let you two sort of finish it off um because we're slowly coming to the end of this multiple choice adventure the this, this feels to me like an incredibly well-made college film. James, earlier this week, we were talking about the, the writings and the films and whatever that we made in the past and how, like, we, when we look back at the things we created when we were in our 20s. Yeah. 
uh, it, it, it gets a little bit cringeworthy. And because we don't have the life experience to know that that the things we're making might like we're we're thinking we're being real serious, and then we look at it from a year a lens of ten years later, and we're like, oh, that's kind of goofy. Yeah. This is something that I wouldn't I, I I would equate to the sort of infancy or or this feels very college to me. It feels very competent, but it feels very like from a story perspective something that was written by a college student. I know um the director. Uh, if I can find their name very quickly. Uh, this is a, their first directorial debut. Um, so that says something, not not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, it's you kind of get the, you, you kind of get that it's done, oh, Tobias Weber. Um, and, and it's something that like, it, it smells like a first time director. And it's directing something completely different than you normally would. But there's there's much like sort of college stuff that you look back at or, or stuff like that that you can see that there is a talent there it's just not developed yet so i would say that this along with sort of the feeling like the the creatives who were behind it plus the genre that it falls into is very much in its freshman year and whether or not we'll see more of it i guess only time will tell i personally think this is worth seven dollars uh, if you have friends you think would enjoy this and have a good time with it. That's where I'll sort of leave this. Who wants to go next? Uh, Judas! I mean, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm such a big fan of supporting creators of things, and I am 110% with you with, like, we, we can bitch about how this feels like a yeah. sophomore college yeah. film, but there's so, like, this is so much better than... I expected, but also there's so many pieces of it that are so good, and I think the reason why it's easy to make fun of aspects of it is because how like the, the MacGuffin being like the corner store teacup yeah. garbage that we can be, keep complaining about. That's only a big deal because the rest of it is so polished. Yes, and I would love. I I think it's worth seven bucks just to support them to see what they make next. Fair. Yeah, that was exactly my thing. That um. This left me wanting to see where we could go with FMV because it it shows you that it doesn't have to be just goofy. Is it the apotheosis of the form? Not at all. But I want to support some of these FMV things because I like people experimenting with media and I would hate to see this just disappear because we all laughed it off. Right. There we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us through this amazingly, uh, I will guess say, choose your own adventure of a podcast. This being the only podcast about the, and I will say it again, film Late Shift. Uh, thank you so much, James. Joe, it was a delight discussing this with you. Let's start with you, Joe. Joe, when when you are not creating amazing art based on politics, mythology, or uh, checkbox other things, where can folks find you? Uh, you could find me at josephmaslov.com. Good. M-A-S-L-O-V. Or, uh, elsewhere uh, through that. Twitter, Twitter machine? Twitter machine, super underscore Jogurt. There you go. I believe. I think it is. I, I think know. I follow you. Yeah, so totally I think I super yeah, yeah. There we go. And James, when you are not... Uh, lying about me telling you to say Marvel things when I didn't or tell you to did do it. I? Yeah, where can folks find you, buddy? Uh, yeah, come check out Extra Credits. Extra History, Extra Sci-Fi, all these things. Um, if you just like learning about stuff, our channel is Extra Credits on YouTube. And yeah, come check us out there. 
I've been shilling that all over the place. You can find me there on uh, narrating the extra credits Wonderment, or you can find me at my own website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and work. Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram, or Emperor M-S-K on the Twitter box. Uh, yeah, I guess we should just, we should leave this lovely discussion and we should, uh, I think, yell the one word that we think encompasses the entirety of our of our feelings and, and what what was the one moment, and I don't want us to say it before we end it. Oh, we all know what it is. What's the one, what's the one phrase or moment that we could all yell at the count of three to end this? All right. Here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Fight! Fight! Jack is deep! <laughs> we'll see you next week.